Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Dave Briggs. I'm home in Connecticut. Ross Tucker, he is home in Pennsylvania. And Nick Costos, home as well. We'll dive into the Vegas story. The Vegas NFL draft. Arash Markazi broke down that fascinating stage. And Kendrick Perkins joins us late in the program on Zion. Nick Costos Sporting your Eli Manning jersey this morning. This must be an emotional day for you and your Eli jersey. Um, it was kind of emotional a little bit last night. I don't really care as much about I'm 36. I don't I haven't cared about sports as much in the last like I don't know, like it's been a while since I've really like really gotten invested the way I used to. But um after you better you bet last night, I did watch the entirety of the 2011 America's game, which is like the NFL film stories of each Super Bowl champion, which are like, I highly recommend if you're an NFL fan, even if it's not your favorite team, they're all exceptional. I watched that. I, I, I know the 2007 one by heart. I watched it a million times. So I was watching all the Eli Manning highlights last night. I was kind of getting a little emotional because it, it, it doesn't affect me now the way, the same way that it used to, but like it brought me back to a time when it affected me greatly. And like that was my coolest time as a sports fan was the when when the Giants were winning with Eli Manning. That's my best memories as a sports fan, and I really love it. And I don't feel like that anymore. But like I love the fact that I did feel like that at one point, and I got the gratification that I wanted. Do you miss that, Nick? Like, do do you wish you still got that gratification? Do you wish you still could have those emotions from sports? You know, it's a great question, right? It's a double-edged sword. I guess the answer is no because I feel like I'm like I know too much now. And like, Ross, you and I used to work together at NFL radio, right? On Sirius XM. And it's like you, like when you learn about different organizations and like different teams and players in those organizations, like the Eagles, for instance, are a world-class organization. Like I loved everyone that I dealt with in the Eagles organization from Andy Reid to the PR staff, Howie Roseman, great dude. So like it becomes hard to root against teams, right? So I'll never get that part of it back. But there are parts of me that I do kind of miss like the thrill on an NFL Sunday of living and dying with the Giants. Now, like, it would legitimately, like, ruin my week when they would lose, like, a heartbreaking game. So, like, I cared way too much about it. Like, when they lost to Seattle in 2006, um, when Feely missed those three field goals in Seattle and then SNL did the parody of him the following week, I was actually, like, in tears. Like, I was 23 years old and I was in tears, like, on the deck outside my, my parents' house on Long Island. And my sister came out and looked at me, and she's three years younger than me, and she was like, you have to grow up at some point. And I remember sit, standing there, like, with tears in my eyes and thinking, she's right. Like, it's time. I do kind of miss it, though. I do. <laughs> Okay, so here's my question for you guys. I did a poll question yesterday uh, that we have retweeted. At Ross Tucker NFL, Dave retweeted it, at Dave Briggs TV, and our channel, our show is at RDC Home and Home. I'm going to ask you guys your answer first. And I quote, Eli Manning is one of the few players I can think of that people claim is both overrated and underappreciated, depending on who you talk to. So which one is it? And you could vote for overrated, underappreciated, or neither. 
I want to get your reaction first, and then I want to get your guesses as to the poll results. So, Nick, out of those three choices, which one would you pick? Overrated, underappreciated, neither. I'm guessing that, Ross, you and I are on the same page here. Because, like, you can call me a homer for this answer, but it's not a homer answer. He's obviously underappreciated. Like, there's I, – I don't even think it's a it's a question. Like, and that's not me being – I know I'm wearing a jersey here, a deferred effect, but, like, that's not me being a fanboy. He's underappreciated. Like, over – like, everyone – all – this guy gets killed by everybody. He's not overrated. I think he's probably properly rated. Like, he was a pretty good regular season quarterback who, like, who shined his brightest in the biggest moments. He's ridiculously underappreciated. Like, the narrative that pisses me off the most is when I'm like, oh, wow, the defense won those Super Bowls. Well, it's like, okay, I watch the fucking games. I'm sorry. Like, I watched the guy's entire career. The defense was obviously was excellent in 2007 and 2011, but like to say the defense won the games minimizes everything Eli did on the way there. Like in 2007, it minimizes him going to Tampa after after Rondé and the Bucks and his brother Tiki had talked all that shit about him and beating the Bucks. It minimizes going on the road to 13 and three Dallas, the number one seed in the NFC, and outplaying Tony Romo. It minimizes him going to Lambeau in the coldest game in NFL history and outplaying Brett Favre in Brett Favre's last game as a Packer, and then outplaying Tom Brady in Super Bowl 42, which by the way is a thing that happened regardless of what people want to say about the defense. And then in 2011, going into Lambeau again and now playing Aaron Rodgers and the 15-1 and Packers coming off a Super Bowl championship. Then going to San Francisco, taking the beating of a lifetime from Justin Smith and the 49ers. 58 pass attempts, no turnovers, got put on his ass a million times in that game, kept getting up, puts them in position to win the game, and then now playing Tom Brady in another Super Bowl. But people, oh, it's the defense. Give me a fucking break. Watch the fucking games. This is what people it, it, you got all these fucking dumbass motherfucking sheep on fucking Twitter that just follow what like one or two people say and build a narrative around it that don't actually watch the fucking games. I watch the fucking games. Eli Manning might not be his brother Peyton, but he's definitely underappreciated for his career. I don't even think it's a question. All I right. think it is a question. I think it is a question because I think Eli's a Hall of Famer. I think he gets into the Hall of Fame, but the fact that he's 117 and 117 in his career and he was never among the best quarterbacks in the league, you would never, I can't even remember a time where you would say Eli Manning is top five in the game right now. He's going to get into the Hall of Fame maybe I'd have to look back at the other stats uh, that year, but he's going to get into the hall of fame 500 record. I don't think he's, I think I would say neither Ross. I would say he's not overrated. He's not underappreciated. He's neither because a guy with that record that was never maybe one year was in the top five is going to get to the hall of fame. It's impossible to say that guy is underappreciated. But he gets no credit for what he did. He a, but, he gets no credit for it. Like, everyone always makes it. It's always someone. It's always, it was the defense. It was Mario Manningham made a catch, or David Tyree caught the ball on his helmet. It's no one ever gives credit to Eli Manning for those two Super Bowls. And I'm not saying it was solely him. I think there's a strong case to be made. Justin Tuck should have been the MVP of Super Bowl 42. But, like, no one ever gives Eli the credit. It's always something else. It's never Eli Manning. It's never Eli. All right, so what do you guys think? If you had to guess right now, Briggs, I'll let you go first on this one. I've seen the results. Okay, you've seen the results, so you're yeah. out. Nick, have you seen the results? It's up. Ob- no, but it's obviously people vote overrated because people are fucking haters. Like, there's no. Like, I would bet a lot of money on it, right? If you had to, if you had to guess on the percentage for each, what would it be? Oh, it's it, listen. People are fucking idiot. Post this. 
you want to post, people are fucking idiots. You're fucking sheep on social media. You march to the beat of someone else's drum. I'm sure the vast majority of people voted overrated. And you can go fuck yourselves because you don't know what you're talking about and you didn't watch the games. So keep on going with your bullshit fucking narratives that it was the defense that won the Super Bowls. I actually watched the games. I actually watched them be played. And I know it's not the case. So tell me what the percentage, what was it, 80% said overrated? What was it? Overrated is 34.2%. Underappreciated is 33.6%. Neither is 32.3%. Almost exactly a third, a third, a third. I would tell you uh, I voted for it, and I and I went underappreciated. I think he's underappreciated. I, I think... I think from 2007 to 2011, when people talked about him as like a top five quarterback, I think he was probably a little overrated because he wasn't a top five quarterback. He had just played really well in those two postseasons. And 2008, he was actually really good too, to Costos' point. But I I think for a while, if I had to vote on this poll, it would be overrated. But the last three or four years... People have shit on him so much. They just shit on him and shit on him over and over to the point where he is now underappreciated. 16 years, he never missed a game. 16 years in New York, he was basically Derek Jeter in terms of no controversy, always handling everything and everyone with class, even when he was benched twice, always handled it flawlessly. He wasn't as good of his, as his brother. He wasn't a top five quarterback for almost his entire career, but he won two Super Bowls. Like not many guys, Aaron Rodgers and Drew Brees can't even get back to a second one. Eli not only went to two, he won them both against Brady. He is underappreciated at this point. Hell yeah. Well, let's look at the end though. Okay. You can't ignore the end. Okay. He was nine and 26 in the end, Nick. The team sucks and he's not very good. I totally agree. So, but but what if he retired two years ago, Dave? You know what I mean? Like, I mean, I, I just think people have taken the last two years of the team sucking the front office is awful. The coaches have been heinous and he hasn't played well. And they've extrapolated that over all 16 years when it's really just been the last two or three. And can I throw this out there, Dave? Dave, real quick here. Yeah. I, yeah. I want to say this. To, I don't want to hear anyone or see anyone that likes to talk about quarterback wins with the Z not being a stat then throw out 117-117 for Eli Manning. Because you have all these, the media elite in the NFL, these self-righteous, sanctimonious sons of bitches who will say that quarterback wins are not a stat, but then all of a sudden, 117 and 117 for Eli is all you hear. You don't get to cherry pick that shit. I don't want to fucking hear the quarterback wins thing from the people that talk about it not being a stat. If you say quarterback wins is not a stat, then I don't want to hear 117 and 117 for Eli Manning. 
I am not one of those. I, I do believe quarterback wins is a stat. And when you're nine and 26 and you can't tell me it would make him look better if he retired two years ago, because then you got to measure him against his peers, the guys he came into the league with notably big Ben and Philip rivers. So I don't know that that would have helped him to okay, retire three about? years before course, those other of two. It, of course it would have. What are you, what are you talking about? He's been fucking terrible the last couple of years. Of course it would have helped him. Well, would have helped that career record, but then you would have said, boy, look at the guys he came into the league with, had three more years, and Ben Roethlisberger might have another elite year left in him. But look, the debate will go on and on. Uh, we mentioned the Yankees. Who'd you rather have a beer with, Nick? Eli or Derek Jeter, who falls one short, one vote short of unanimous in the Hall of Fame? Man, on the Baseball Hall of Fame, I'm much, I'm a lifelong Yankee fan. I'm much more offended that Bonds and Clemens aren't in, by the way, than Jeter didn't go in you know, unanimously. I don't care at all about that. Um, I'm a Giants guy. I would have I would have traded every single Yankees World Series that I saw from uh, in 1996, 98, 99, 2000 for the one giant Super Bowl in 2007 and not even thought twice about it. And I would have I would I would have traded literally every single championship that I had seen in my life to that point and then would potentially see again just for 2007. Like that was the pinnacle for me as a sports fan was, was Super Bowl 42. So it's Eli. It's not even close. I'm always been, the giants have always been my favorite team. Eli's my favorite athlete of all time. Like Jeter's awesome. One four champion, one five championships with my Yankees four in that, in that initial era here, but it's not even close for me. The giants are my favorite team. It's and let me, and let me just say this. Okay. And let me just say this. I don't picture Jeter having a beer. Okay. Like in my mind, in my mind, I'd be there with Eli playing beer pong or flip cup like he was on that video with Daniel Jones, like he did at Ole Miss with the frat boys. I picture Jeter, and maybe I'm wrong, I picture Jeter on a couch in oh, the yeah. VIP room drinking a martini and and going like this with his martini, having his pinky up as he sips his martini. I don't know. There's just I don't pick Jeter doesn't look to me, and maybe I'm totally wrong. But he doesn't look to me like he'd be that fun to hang out with unless he's letting you hook up with the, the, the girl he doesn't want. Unless no he's doubt. like, uh, yeah. hey, you. No, not you. You. No, you come too for Ross. Then then, then maybe I'd hang out with Jeter. But other than that, I'd rather hang out with Eli Manning. I, I kind of don't like I, Jeter. I kind of don't like him, and I'm a Yankee fan. Whoa. whoa why not? Whoa, whoa. Buried the lead. I, I just think he's a tremendous phony. A tremendous phony. Like, I actually kind of, and this is going to sound ridiculous, I kind of prefer A-Rod only because I feel like A-Rod was kind of forced to kind of like expose himself to the world because he got found out and everything and kind of had to go through all the shit that he had to go through. Like, Jeter won the, won the team. I know that doesn't make a lot of sense. It's kind of how I feel, though. Jeter won five championships, all-time great Yankee, obviously deserves to go into the Hall of Fame on the first ballot. I kind of feel like he was a phony. That's my, my personal opinion. And the Yankees, like, I love the Yankees, but like, I'd never love the Yankees the way I love the Giants. So like it's it's like people on the Giants for me get carte blanche forever if if you win a championship Hold for the a Giants. Second. I don't Why I don't feel that way. Phony, though? Like so we just discussed how he's kind of like how Eli's kind of like the Jeter of the Giants in terms of how they handle the media and themselves and not getting in trouble. So why is Jeter a phony but Eli's not? Like Eli's well, I, not like that in real life like well we just want to do the best we can like he that's not how he is in real life. So he's a phony well, do, too then. But do you get the sense that Eli is like, maybe he's not like, he's not like in his personal life, I hope not giving like, like athlete cliches. 
like his wife's like, how are we doing today? And, and she, he's like, oh, we're going to take it one step at a time. We're going to have the will to win. Or I hope that's not happening. But like, don't you get the sense that like, that's, that's who Eli is. Like the person that he puts out there is like pr probably pretty much who he is. Jeter, I always felt like was to his credit. It's not a criticism, heavily manicured, politicking at all times, very careful about what he said and how he said it. I, I, it always just kind of that part of it kind of always rubbed me the wrong way. I kind of felt okay, like, but, yeah, I, I I never felt like I knew who the real Derek Jeter was, and I feel like it's pretty obvious who the real Eli Manning is. Interesting. What about advice you have for people, Nick? Whether it's prop bets they definitely should be on, or prop bets they definitely should be off, as well as the timing of betting on the Super Bowl. I think that the timing, Ross, is the most important thing. And we had Bill Krakenberger on the show last night, professional gambler. You saw him on the Showtime series action. And he's like a winning pro sports better. He's got great betting theory. And I want to share something he said. And it's not like, I, I want to give him credit, but it's like, I think it's a, it's kind of an obvious take, but like he came on our show and he said it. So I want to credit him for it. It's, it, it's definitely really smart. And it's something that you know, I, I, I've been saying for years and other people have been saying. So this is what you have to do. When it comes to props, you have to think about how people are going to bet on the Super Bowl. Super Bowl's got so much action, so much handle. So, like, people that don't normally bet on an NFL Sunday are going to be betting on the Super Bowl because everyone's got action on Super Bowl Sunday. So what you want to do, you, the person watching this, you want to bet overs early and unders late. Why? Because everyone wants to bet over on shit. Like, last year was a winner for sports books in turn, like, big time on the Super Bowl because nothing happened in the game. It was 14 to three New England. Like everyone went under and people want to bet over. Like that's people's natural reactions. You want to bet over. You want to see yards. You want to see catches. You want to see touchdowns. You want to see points. So you want to get, if you like the over on something, you want to get it in early. If you like the under on stuff, you want to wait until late. So let's say that you want to take, you know, you want to do something with Patrick Mahomes. Let's say you think Patrick Mahomes is going to throw for 350 yards in the game. I think his over-under is around 297 right now. Like, you want to bet that now. You want to bet the over now because you know that people are going to be betting on the Patrick Mahomes passing yards. And you're going to get a worse number if you wait up until around kickoff. So you want to bet that early. But if you want to bet the under on Patrick Mahomes passing yards, like if you think the Niners defense is going to shut down the Chiefs offense to a degree, like the Seahawks defense did to the Broncos offense, then you want to wait right until kickoff and you, because that number is going to go up and you'll be able to get the best of that number. So overs early with props and unders late when mm. it comes to a lot of these receptions, when it comes to a lot of these yardage props. That's interesting. I like that. You know, I don't have a great feel for this game yet. Uh, I really don't. I think it's going to be an awesome game. I think it's going to be, uh, I, I guess I still like the over because I could still see it being 38-35, 35-31, something like that. So I guess I still, if I have any lean right now, the lean would be to the over and I'd probably lean to the Niners because I just feel like as great as Mahomes is, man, the way the Niners are running the football right now, the way they're playing defense, I just think that there's a pretty good track record of those teams carrying on that success into the Super Bowl. Can I can I ask this question, Dave, quickly to Ross? Because I'm fascinated. Absolutely. Like, from like, okay, we were talking about this last night on You Better You Bet. Do you think I I know that I guess they could right because Mahomes is so unbelievable and Andy Reid's a great offensive coach and they've got the weapons I I I understand it I feel like we've seen this movie before and I'm gonna keep referencing that Broncos Seahawks game because it's the one that I think is the closest to this uh. I don't know if they're only gonna score eight points 
don't know if that's going to be the case, but like, are the are the Chiefs really going to score? Th- you said 38-35, and I'm not saying that can't happen. Are the Chiefs really going to score 35 points against this 49ers defense? And if if a scenario unfolds like it did in the divisional rounds or the championship game, and they go down, let's say it's not 24 points like it was to the Texans. Let's say it's 17-7. Can they come back against the San Francisco team? Like, I guess they could from 10 points, but like, I I just, I, I feel like people are really kind of sleeping on how good this Niners defense is right now. I don't know if the Chiefs can score 35 points in this game. Understood a- what I would say. Well, uh, uh, sorry, Dave. I was just going to say, well, no, understood, I- Nick. What? Go ahead, Dave. I was just going to ask you both, how do you look past mid-December Atlanta putting up 29 points on this same San Francisco team? That's the game I can't get over. Well, I think shit happens over the course of a season. I think you kind of got I personally throw stuff like that out because, like, every every team that wins a, wins a championship, except for the, you know, the 2007 Patriots, loses a bullshit game some, at one point or another. That happens. Right. Saints well, put up 46 it, it, the week prior. And they scored 48. Right. My, my point is Kansas City putting up 35 plus points to Ross's point seems like uh, very feasible to me. But go on, Ross. Well, yeah, I was just going to say, uh, number one, in, cl- in terms of being down 10, I mean, they were down 10 twice again to the Titans, came back and won easily again. So that's two weeks in a row that they did that. And also, I, I think the Niners defense, you know, Aaron Rodgers, they scored 20 points in the second half of that game. And you can say, oh, they had a big lead, but. 20 points is 20 points, and the Chiefs are much more explosive than the Packers are. And I I think Mahomes is that good. And I don't think the secondary for the Niners is is great. I'm not sure the Niners' defense is quite as good as you think it is, Nick. You know, if they don't have that fumbled quarterback center exchange, or if Rodgers doesn't throw that pick to Allison, I think the game ends up actually being pretty competitive. Where do you rank them? Ross, this Niners defense, to like compared to like other like, because I feel like it's a great point by you, and like, are people gonna overrate the Niners defense leading up to the game? You're gonna hear a lot of these comparisons, defense versus offense. Like, are they as good as like some of the great defenses that we've seen recently in the Super Bowl, or do they fall a little short? I think they fall a little short. I, I don't think they're great on the back end, although Mosley replacing Witherspoon has been a huge positive for them. I don't think that they're as dominant on the back end. I think that you can throw the ball against them if you're getting the ball out quick and if you have a guy like Patrick Mahomes and the speed that they have. I I do think there's going to be a bunch of scoring. I don't think the Chiefs are going to be able to slow down the Niners running the ball that well. And I think that the Chiefs are going to be able to move it pretty effectively. But, you know, you mentioned that, that what the total was for last year's Rams-Patriots game, so who knows? All right. Well, I, I just look at that three-game stretch. They give up 106 points. It's a fair point. You know, it's not – I mean, it's it's three great teams. It's New Orleans, Atlanta, and then the Rams. The Rams got 31 on them, and that was in December. It's not like we're talking week four, five, and six. Yeah, uh, but, but they before got we go, Ford back. Yeah. They got Quan Alexander back. I mean, they, they, they've gotten they, – they figured out Witherspoon sucks. I mean, they've gotten they've gotten better, like a lot better at three positions there. All right. So if they're if they're going to score thirty five points, they're going to win the game. Kansas City. Okay, I agree there, and I and I think they do score thirty. Yeah, I, I think a 35-32 type game. I, I I'd still touch that over at fifty four. Uh, before okay. you go, I I know we're uh, keeping you for a long time today. 
Um, one of the greatest over-unders we've ever heard is uh, on an upcoming boxing match. Uh, Tyson Fury, Deontay Wilder, WBC heavyweight champ. I have never heard anything close to this in my life, and I got to get you to weigh in. Tyson Fury is prepping for this fight in a very unique way, Costos. Listen to what he said about how he's keeping the testosterone level high for this massive boxing match. What are some of the other things that you're doing to prepare for this fight? I'm um, masturbating seven times a day. Seven times. Seven times. Keep me testosterone pumping. Pumping, 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 pumping it up. Don't you know? So that's a lot. Yeah, listen. Gotta keep, I've gotta, gotta keep active and uh, testosterone flowing for this fight. Costos, is that even possible? Seven times oh, yeah. a day? I've done six before. Yeah, absolutely. Really? When, oh, yeah. when, when, when was that? I mean, probably like in like my like earlier years, but like, dude, I, I could, I could knock out four or five even now still. I mean, I don't cause like who has the time, who has the energy <sighs> for that? But yeah, right. easy. <laughs> wow. Easy. But like when I was younger, like, like the wind would hit me a certain way and I would like, like nut in my pants. So like, you know, it's like. <laughs> So, I mean, that's, it. I mean, look, don't tell me, don't front it. Cause like we did that. We actually yeah. talked about, I don't even know how this came up on you better. You bet last night, but like oh, Eli, our producer, Eli, our producer, like refused to get involved in the conversation. Cause he's a total prude, but like free, like, don't tell me for you two. like you yeah. have definitely, what's the most you've ever masturbated in a day. How many times I will set the over under for both of you at four and a half. Under definitely under definitely really? under. Yeah. yeah. No question. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm way under, man. Maybe I'm uh, maybe I'm tired. I mean, seven in a week old. would be amazing. I mean, a seven, seven in a in week. A week. Oh no, not God. even. I mean, I mean, I would say that that's damn near my over under for a week. I I'm I'm feeling awfully down. I mean, uh, I, Ross, mean I, way, I live I, I live alone. I live alone. I I masturbate at least once a day, at least. Tucker. Any closing thoughts on this one? Ross probably uh, no. prob probably used to rape his dick with his hand when he was younger. I don't even want to hear anything to the contrary. Definitely over. Bet the house on the over four and a half for Ross. No, no, no. Honestly, on that, I got, I, I'm not uh, I'm not diving in this conversation too hard. But I would say <laughs> on your on yours, Nick, definitely under. Okay. Yeah, you're you're very uncomfortable with this conversation. That's why I like it. That's why I feel like it should probably keep going. I, 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 say, I would say there's I would say that there were days in my life that were two, maybe three. Uh, I don't think so though. I think two. Yeah. Two. I, I, I'm gonna be honest. Two two or three a day would be my all time record. Yeah, no no doubt. You're the king, Costos. You're the man. I mean, of something. We are. And by the way, by the way, I read that article in Men's Health, and it it doesn't work. Like what he thinks he's doing, like keeping the testosterone flowing or whatever. That's not. That's not a thing. Like he's lying. A, by the by the way, he was in WWE. Like he's he's being a showman. Like, and I think he's really good at it. Oh yeah, he he's not being honest about it. No one has the time nor the energy for seven well, times a day. But uh, Nick Costos, you might. I just want to. I, mean, I don't know. I just, no, I don't. No, no, I don't. I just want to. I just want to. I just want to go to bed. I don't. And I don't claim to so, have that energy. 
our over under on f bombs for Costos today was 12 and a half and uh millennials i think he was over correct so i think i went over under. over under way over says one of the millennials jordan i think we we came in hard late excuse me for the uh hard word it was eli <laughs> that really got the juices flowing and and, and you ended up with the over. So I made some money on you, your appearance this morning. Check him out. You better, you bet. Nick Costos, always a pleasure, sir. Thanks for the time. Hey, uh, Joey, do me a favor. Don't post the, f- I, I know like you like to post some of these videos. Don't post a video of me talking about jerking off. Thanks a lot, buddy. Really appreciate you. <laughs> do not post that to social and I'm not, and media. I'm, and, 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 and I'm not kidding, by the way. You'll get an angry text from me if that, if that gets posted. Thank you very much. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It was a very bad day Wednesday for a couple of mascots. The most frightening mascot in all of sports, Gritty of the Philadelphia Flyers, terrifying even before you heard accusations that Gritty is being accused of punching a 13-year-old kid in the back of the head. There is apparently no video of the alleged incident that happened at Wells Fargo Center, but the dad of that kid wants the Flyers to pay them back for the hospital visit that he says followed Gritty punching him. And why was Mr. Peanut, hashtag R.I. Peanut trending all day on Twitter because Mr. Peanut, the 104-year iconic mascot, apparently passed away in a Super Bowl promo, an ad they rolled out where he sacrificed himself to save a couple of actors and friends, including Wesley Snipes. And we may see the funeral at the Super Bowl. I don't think he's dead. I think he's just roasted. I think he's honey nut roasted and he will come back from the death. But Ross, which mascot had a worse day? Was it Gritty or was it Mr. Peanut? Uh, Definitely Gritty because there's a real person under that uniform, that mascot outfit that's going to get in a shitload of trouble if this is true. Let me just ask you something. I haven't seen the whole police report, 
But what can Gritty do to a 13-year-old that caused him to go to the hospital? Like, yeah, doesn't the, the he guy- have, like, fur, like, padding, <laughs> fur padding on his hands? Like, what can he do? I mean, did he hit him so hard that he knocked him over and he hit his head on the the ground or the chair? I don't get it. Right. And, and he was alleged to have punched in the back of the head a 13-year-old kid. And I hate to laugh about it, but I'm laughing about it because... In my estimation, if Gritty, the creepiest mascot in all professional sports, hit an adult, let alone a child, there'd, there'd be cell phone video, there'd be hundreds of people talking about it. Someone certainly would have witnessed it. And they said he had to go to the chiropractor because he had some sort of bruised back. I agree with you. It's hard to imagine Hold on a second. how. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. Uh, Dave, the, there's cameras everywhere. Like, what are we talking right. about here? At the Wells Fargo Center, there's cameras everywhere. So, first of all, there would be somebody else that would have seen it. He's kind of the mascot. You know what I mean? Like, somebody would have seen the mascot hitting a kid in the back, number one. Number two, there's cameras everywhere. Number three, let me just tell you, if a mascot punched one of my kids, that mascot's a dead man. Dead. Dead. I I dream about shit like that. I dream about having the legal right to destroy somebody, especially the mascot uniform like that. That would be hilarious. I'd smash Gritty's head into the wall. Like, what are you talking about? If someone pushes your kid, I'm pretty sure it's a law. You're allowed to kill them, and I would kill them. So I think this dad's full of you-know-what. And I'd have more respect for the dad if he beat up Gritty than if he's trying to get his money back for the hospital visit. Come on, dude. Yeah, th- there is no way. Yeah, I agree. There's no way you're walking away from that moment as a father. You're kicking some ass. And Ross Tucker versus Gritty. Boy, would that be pay-per-view action. Have you ever had an uncomfortable moment with the mascot in all your playing days? And if, and if there's one mascot, is there one that, that you might want to throw a blue, uh, throw a punch at you know i mean obviously growing up uh an eagles fan i was uh and philly fan i love the philly fanatic which is kind of a weird looking mascot too i never had a negative i don't remember having a negative interaction with a mascot no and even as a player i'm trying to think if i ever tried to engage the other team's mascot i think i told you the closest I ever came to that was the one time I played in Oakland at the Black Hole and pregame warm-ups for the Buffalo Bills. I went right up to the Black Hole and I was like, is that it? You guys don't look that tough to me. And they're all like, ah, like trying to grab at me with all their spikes and shit. It was fun. I had fun with it. But I don't remember any, any like mascot. No. Yeah, Philly Fanatic against Gritty would be a, an interesting pay-per-view mascot brawl. I was surprised at the attention on Mr. Peanut, though, because, like, is he really even top 10 when you think of, like, brand mascots? I mean, I was doing a little just uh, rapid fire, and I thought Who Toucan Sam. Who gives a Sam. shit about Mr. Peanut? Right, because, I mean, Toucan Sam, Michelin Man, Energizer Bunny, Tony the Tiger, Pillsbury Doughboy, Chester Cheetah from Cheetos, Tricks Rabbit, Kool-Aid Man. Like, I don't even think he's near the top ten. You agree? No, I didn't even know who Peanut Man was until he died this week. 
I know what you're talking about now. He's on the label. He's got the monocle or whatever, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, I know who he is, but like, I would, if you said to me, think of 20 of those guys, peanut guy would not have been in the top 20. I will say this peanuts are delicious. Uh, rank your peanuts right now. How many are there? So, honey roasted is number one easily, right? Yeah, definitely. No question. I, I could destroy an insane amount of honey roasted peanuts. I like nuts, and they're going to cut that up and post that somewhere. That's not good. Um, anyway, I'm going to keep talking. Cashews, pistachios, all kinds of edible nuts. Um, so there, what are there? There's dry roasted. There's But peanuts salted. the worst. Peanuts the worst nut, right? I mean, like almonds, cashews dominate the peanut. I, I'm never buying peanuts unless I'm at a baseball game and I'm just bored whoa, as shit. Whoa, 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 I don't whoa. buy a peanut. Almonds don't have that much flavor on their own. Well, on their own, but now you've got like wasabi, honey roasted, chili lime. Like there's a million kinds of almonds. Um, hey, can almond I teach you a life hack? Superior. Can I teach yeah, you a life yeah. hack? Okay. Here's what I do. Cause I'm crazy healthy. I'm trying to stay under 250. I want to live my 40s in the 240s, all right? So for a meal, I'll either have a banana or apple slices. And what I do is cut up the banana or have apple slices. I love that slicer thing. You go, and all the slices go pop out. I love that thing. And so I take it and I'll put peanut butter like, I don't know, low, low, whatever peanut butter, natural peanut butter on the apple, bite into it, eat that. And then Dave, take a handful of raw organic almonds and pop them in while the peanut butter flavor is still in my mouth. After I finish the apple or the banana, it's like peanut butter covered almonds so I'm getting the protein, I'm getting healthy, I'm getting more of a meal uh, to go with my fruit, but I'm not having to put any kind of sugar or anything bad on it. I'm just getting the after effects of the peanut butter that was on the banana or the apple. Jeez. Wow, a, another brilliant life hack from Ross Tucker. Parenting, booed, booze, food, and, and nuts apparently too. Um, another life hack is you finally come around Ross and join me in watching killer inside the mind of Aaron Hernandez, the former Patriots tight end now deceased. It is fascinating entertainment. If you haven't seen the three part series on Netflix dives into the player, the incredible talent that Aaron Hernandez was dives into the sexuality, which we didn't really know much of anything about during uh, his playing days, or certainly not during the trial. It is a fascinating look at Odin Lloyd, who Aaron Hernandez shot, and one of the worst and clumsiest crimes you could ever imagine. You finally come around. You are watching this series. What was your first impression? Well, first of all, Dave, I thought you were going to transition from talking about nuts to Antonio Brown, by the way, which would have been... Maybe controversial, but also epic if you had done so. As for Aaron Hernandez, in honor of you, my wife and I watched part one. Just part one last night. That is the first time since 
August that I have sat down and watched a television program of any kind with my wife, for sure. Uh, and it was excellent. Loved it. Uh, the quarterback and his dad weirded me out a little bit. You know, I, I, I mean, I, I don't know about those two. The quarterback and the dad. Um, but it was fascinating. It's extremely well done. I encourage people that listen to us on demand go back a couple of days ago. We had Kevin Armstrong, one of the producers of the documentary on. So glad we had him on. And I really think, Dave, uh, it, it was a combination of, so far, I need to watch parts two and three, but so far a combination of his sexuality and how he felt about that, you know, the uh, probably deep-rooted issues that Hernandez had about that, plus his dad dying, plus his mom going with the, you know, basically taking his cousin's husband or boyfriend or whatever right after his dad died. I mean, he came from a very messed up family. Like, there's no question. Combine that with the sexual... It still doesn't... It still doesn't make it okay what he did. But that's my theory as to why he became so messed up. I mean, in the one phone call from jail... He tells his mom that's why he's so messed up. Let's get into NFL Vegas and the embrace of the NFL of gambling with Arash Markazi, former senior writer at ESPN and Sports Illustrated, now sports columnist at the LA Times. Arash, thanks for being up bright and early with us out on the left coast. Boy, you tweeted out this image of the draft stage at the upcoming NFL draft at the Bellagio Fountains. Twitter exploded. What was your first reaction? Is it cool or is it really corny? Well, I think it's cool, but then again, I'm one of those who really does like Las Vegas and, and kind of got a heads up pretty um, early on in the process that they were going to try to accentuate or highlight every um, aspect of Las Vegas. So they're going to have two stages. The, the stage in the town of Bellagio will be the red carpet stage. They're going to have a main stage next to Caesars. They're going to have a variety of locations. They're going to close down the strip for three days, which they've never done before. They've, they've, they've closed down the strip for one day or half a day, never for three consecutive days. So I kind of like it. I think it'll be fun. We'll see how it all turns out. Yeah, I'm curious, Arash, you know, with them being in Vegas, how much you believe that this is sort of the, the precursor for the NFL embracing gambling even more. They're clearly embracing everything Vegas. Does this, in your mind, mean they're also going to be embracing everything gambling? Yeah, you know, so I talked to the commissioner in Las Vegas. I, I was out there for the Conor McGregor fight, and he spoke to the Chamber of Commerce there Friday, and he was very complimentary, or at least uh, saying how sports gambling can, like, add a new – uh, uh, a fan enjoyment. I mean, he was basically making it seem like this is sort of like a new concept. And it's like, we all know how, how long uh, gambling has been connected to football, but he's finally embraced it. He kind of has to. Caesars is a, is a uh, partner with the league now. So it's something that they know moving forward that they have to do. And, you know, guys, I mean, I think this is just the beginning 
not only do they have the draft there, not only do they have the Raiders there, I would not be shocked if moving forward the Pro Bowl is there, if the Super Bowl goes there in 2025. Uh, you know, this is sort of the beginning between the relationship between the NFL and then Las Vegas. Yeah, it is still a very awkward embrace, though. They've even pushed back on the studies that show the NFL could make $2.3 billion in terms of their gambling uh, profits. Talking to Arash Markazi, LA Times sports columnist, why has the NFL, in your estimation, been so reluctant? You now have 12 states where sports gambling is now legal, and yet you still can't talk about it in the telecast, do you think that is something that could change in the upcoming uh, TV deals? And why is the league so reluctant to embrace it? Yeah, I mean, to be honest, the conversation I had with the commissioner Friday was the first time that I've really seen him um, openly embrace sports gambling, sports wagering. I think those days are gone now. I mean, I think when you have the, the NFL draft, on the Strip, on the Fountains of Bellagio, next to Caesars Palace, the Raiders are there. They are now the officially the Las Vegas Raiders. I mean, those days are gone. So, you know, and by the way, it, it, it's been gone for some time. I mean, I, I did a piece recently how you basically, if you go to MetLife Stadium, you can walk across the street and place a, 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 a bet on the game. So, you know, it was only a matter of time. I, I, I do understand the reluctance to embrace it in the past when it wasn't, it wasn't legal um, outside of Nevada. But now that it is legal, not only is it legal in 12 states, it'll be legal in all 50 states or the majority of the states very soon. And more so than that, it's, it's legal in a state where they have a team there and in, in a city where they're going to fully embrace it, again, the, the, the draft, I think the Pro Bowl, the Super Bowl, I think all those events will be in Las Vegas in the near future. Hmm. Arash, I'm curious. You live in L.A. You spend a lot of time in Vegas. Which, which city do you think will have more NFL success? The, the, the Vegas Raiders or the L.A. Chargers and Rams? I don't mean on the field. I mean commercial success, business success for those franchises. I think the Rams will be the most successful team. They're moving into a $5 billion SoFi Stadium. They are becoming the most popular team here in Los Angeles. I think they are, you know, the signature team here um, in Los Angeles. You know, the issue with the Chargers I've always felt was that they did not rebrand. They, they mistakenly believed that just because they're moving to two hours up north, that they're, that they're going to keep their fans in San Diego. And while maybe a, a few of them make that commute, the, the vast majority have not. And so I always felt that if they had a chance in Los Angeles, they should have rebranded that. You know, that never made sense to me. The issue that both of them will encounter invariably is that those are big transient towns, big tourist destinations. So already you, you have a fan base there. Let's just use like the, Green Bay Packers or Chicago Bears, for like an example, there there are so many fans there who are who have their uh, they, they they watch those games on TV. They go to sports bars, and if you're a Packers fan, for example, and you're, you're looking at the schedule and you and you're going to make one road trip, you, you, that road trip is going to be Los Angeles, or that road trip is going to be Las Vegas. So those 
uh, those two cities will always have a lot of opposing fans, and I, and I think that 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 just goes to the transient nature of both the locations and how they're big tourist stops. So, um, but in terms of commercial success or in, in terms of profitability, the Rams will be the most profitable team, I think. Do you think that the Chargers need Tom Brady to have a chance to sell those luxury boxes and club seats, and you think they're going to go after him? 100%. I, I don't know if they are going to go after him. I've written about it. I think this makes the most sense. He is the uh, transcendent star of this league. He is the LeBron James. He's the Wayne Gretzky. He's the number one guy who could move the needle. There's no one else that they could sign that could sell jerseys, PSL, club seats, you name it, the way Tom Brady could. And Fanatics, that, that, that fan site where you could purchase jerseys and whatnot, they gave me an amazing stat. On Cyber Monday... In Black Friday, more Tom Brady jerseys were sold in Los Angeles than in New England. Now, maybe that has to do with there's a lot of transplants here or whatnot, but the, the, huh. there's no one who would move the needle the way Tom Brady would. So if they're going to move past Phillip and if he's no longer going to be the quarterback, they need to go after Tom Brady, and it's not just because of on the field. When I've mentioned this in the past, people have said, why would they go from a 38-year-old quarterback to a – it has nothing to do with on the field. This is not about them being a Super Bowl team, although I think he would help them to that point. This is about them moving the needle here um, in Los Angeles, which they have not done yet. Zion Williamson, the former Duke Blue Devil, finally made his NBA debut last night, and it started slow and then exploded in a three-minute span. Let's talk about it with Kendrick Perkins, former Boston Celtic NBA champ, uh, one of the fellas on Scal and Pals following us on the Radio.com app. Perk, great to have you on the program, man. I know you were there to witness the debut of Zion. Have you ever seen anything like that three-minute period in the fourth quarter? No, I haven't. Uh, and, and to be honest, I haven't seen a rookie in the NBA like Zion except for LeBron James. I mean, I literally was at the game an hour and a half before the game started, so I got a chance to watch the kid warm up. And I was so impressed on how poised this kid was. He, it, he wasn't nervous at all. It was like he was ready for this moment, and I was just sitting there watching him warm up, and I was like, nah, this kid is, I mean, he's built for for superstar status. Like, this is this is him. Before he even touched the, before the game even started. Now, I, I to me, that, that what he did, those points where he put up in those three minutes, I've never seen that, but that just, that goes to show you that this kid has that the talent, let alone, but he has the heart to do it. Like he's not scared of the moment, and 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 that was my biggest takeaway from last night. For us with Zion, Perk, is he already the your number one guy in terms of guys you want to watch? Like I like watching Giannis and Luca, but. I think he's already like the number one guy where it's like, okay, if Zion's on TV Friday night, I'm going to watch that. Absolutely. He's box office. I mean, you, you're you going to turn on your TV. You're going to make sure you're in front of the tube, got everything done, everything out the way. This guy is box office. And you know what? It didn't surprise me last night because even the expectations he had 
coming out of high school when he went to Duke, he he held it. Like, you know, everything about it when he was at Duke, he did everything and more. And when you find a kid like that that's ready for the moment, that that lives up to the hype, there's no doubt in my mind that he's going to do this night in and night out. And I want y'all to think about this, right? He didn't have one single highlight dunk last night. But everyone was impressed by Zion Williamson. Now, I haven't heard one person on social media, on the television today, this morning, one person say anything negative about this kid, and they shouldn't. Yeah, the, the thing that stood out the most was, of course, four for four from three-point range. He did Ooh. not hit four threes in any game at Duke. And we're talking to Kendrick Perkins, NBA champ with the Celtics, part of Scal and Pals on the Radio.com app. He was at the game with ESPN last night. Um, Look, I know I'm picking on Ben Simmons here, but how do you explain that Zion Williamson in a couple of months put together what appears to be a legit three-point threat that Ben Simmons can't do in three years? He's hit two threes in two and a half seasons, Zion with four last night. And does that make his game potentially unstoppable? Absolutely. But it goes to show you, first of all, it's called kahunas. The kid got kahunas. He don't care. Like, he's not scared of the moment. And on top of that, I talked with the the, uh, general manager, David Griffin, who's a good friend of mine, and he was telling me how much this kid was working, how much he was standing in the gym working on his three-point shot. And he showed. And he went out there and he shot that ball. Like I said, I haven't seen a kid with this maturity level since LeBron James. And then you know what else is crazy? Everybody want to sit around and talk about, talk this shit about, you know, hey, uh, you know, Zion, he need to lose weight and all this stuff. Man, I, I watched this kid and I was literally 10 feet away from him. And everything about him, when I watched him, everything about him, his body, was he was in shape. I'm talking about his physique was showing. He looked chiseled. So I asked David Griffin, I said, man, what is his body fat? His body fat is 8%. 8%. And when you see him up close and you watch the way he can move up and down the court, the way he, he, he does his offensive moves and get to the basket and explode, you would be like, wow, man, this is, I've never seen this. Perk, uh, I love him. Uh, I'm a football guy. Obviously, I still want to see him play tight end for somebody, but (laughs) love watching him play. I said, I mean, I don't mind him draining the threes. I want to see him break somebody's wrist, you know, breaking the, uh, pulling the rim down. That's what I'm into. But I got to be honest with you, you would know more than me, but I'm nervous for him at 285 with how explosive he is, how he gets up off the floor, how he runs. Can a guy with his frame at 285 play 80 games a night for 15 years? Or do you think that we should really all enjoy Zion for the next five to seven years because he's probably not, his joints probably aren't going to be able to hold up for the long haul? What do you think? Well, well, to be honest, I don't know if the kid weighs 285, right? Because he's like 6'6". He's real chiseled. I would put him in a category of probably weighing like 265, 270, something around there. But I don't think he weighs 285. But 
you have to see him up close in person. I think his weight, his size is is an advantage for him, in my opinion. I, I mean, like, because I'm watching him, and he's he's only about 6'6", but he's chiseled, man. I'm telling you, he is really, really chiseled, man, when you see him up close in person. And I don't think his weight plays a factor. Listen, I was a guy, and I'm not close to Zion at all, right? But I played uh, 14 years in the league, and not one time, I mean, one time I was like 270. But other than that, I always played around 295, 300. Now, I tell you, the game has changed, and he is Zion Williamson, and he's going to be playing 30-plus minutes a night. But just in my opinion, because I was one of those guys who had a knock on him too about his weight, I don't see it being a factor. I actually see, I actually think this is his NBA size. Like, I think this is what plays to his advantage, his strength. His, his Zion matches him. Like, because I'm telling you, man, that that kid is really swole and he's chiseled. And, and mm. man, I, I, I was just sitting watching. I was like, wow, I'm amazed by this kid. And it was just doing warm up. I didn't miss a Zion game at Duke being a big Duke fan. I don't remember his booty being that big. It was large and in charge, and that can post up a brother down low. Talking to Kendrick Perkins, uh, NBA champ with the Boston Celtics, uh, part of the ESPN telecast last night, who streams, and also Scal and Pals on the Radio.com app. Quickly, I am still picking my job off the floor from when Brian Scalabrini of Scal and Pals told me once, he thinks the NBA comp is Draymond Green. Look, Draymond's a great player. I think the ceiling is far, far higher. Is it Carl Malone? Is it Charles Barkley? Or is there no NBA comp for the potential that Zion has? Hey, my, hey listen, I'm going to tell you this, man. I love Scott Adele, but when he made that comp, I think he was he might have had too much of that 1942 a little bit, man. If his face was <laughs> red, was tripping because... <laughs> I, to me, he is just Zion. It's just like, to me, it's almost like people who's trying to find their comp for Patrick Mahomes. And I told this to other people, oh, he's Dan Marino, Dan Marino mixed with uh, this guy and that guy. To me, no, he's just Patrick Mahomes. That's the same thing with Zion. He is just Zion. He's a guy that we've never seen before. And, you know, we're going to be comparing other guys to him. I just haven't seen a guy with that type of build, that structure, that's that athletic, that can move that quickly, that's, that's real shifty, he's real nimble on his feet. I haven't seen a guy like that. And his game is different than any other guy I've ever seen. So he is just Zion Williams, in my, in my, Zion Williamson, in my opinion. Perk, you mentioned Patrick Mahomes. Before we get you out of here, uh, I know you like football. Who, who do you think is going to win the Super Bowl and why? Well, I think the my mind is telling me to go with Patrick Mahomes and the Kansas City Chiefs because I just don't see nobody stopping that potent offense, right? They're, they are really, 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 really good. Like, I mean, and Patrick Mahomes is the, like, he's, He's must-see TV. I'm pretty sure, even in the regular season, and I'm not even a Kansas City fan, I'm a Cowboys fan, but when Patrick Mahomes plays, 
I watch. So he's must-see TV. Um, I think the Chiefs' offense is one of a kind. Their play calling is 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 off the charts. But my heart is going with the 49ers. The 49ers give you that that feel of uh like family. Like you they feel like a family. You can feel the warmth when you watch them. Like they locker room is is family. Like guys, you could tell guys really genuinely like and love being around one another. They like going to war with one another. And I tell you what, man, that damn defense over there with the 49ers, whoo, that front four especially, they're not playing no game. So I think this might be one of the most exciting football games that we've seen, Super Bowls, that we've seen in a long time. And I tell you what, I'm not betting on either team. I'm going to keep my little letters in my pocket. <laughs> oh man, I, I thought we were headed towards a San Francisco bet. I thought you were gonna throw down no. a little cash on that. Come on, no. let's get a little a little wager. Man, you know what? Me and you, we could do just a little hundred and fifty dollar wager. Man, I take the forty ers No point. Hi everyone, this is Dave Briggs. Thanks for listening to the Home and Home Podcast. Remember, you can watch or listen live every day from 8.30 to 10.30 a.m. exclusively on the Radio.com app or at Radio.com slash home. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.